Hello and welcome back, finally, to Roll On Gaming. This is this is exciting because we are now on YouTube as well as on the airwaves. It's really been a long time coming. It's been since Star Wars Destiny, and we'll talk a lot about where we've been and what we've been doing. But first, I would, as always, like to introduce you to my co-host and my brother, Corwin. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. Now that you didn't butcher the intro, we're ah, ready to go. We're ready to go. This is... Going to be the the media of our new podcast. We're going to be able to show our faces and talk about what we want to talk about, unedited and authentic. Um, a lot of what got in our way of getting out episodes previously was the editing process. So there's going to be some bumps in the road. We're going to see how it goes. Um, I, I I urge you all who are new to the channel, who may be returning listeners from the audio podcast, to just hang in there and bear with us as we navigate the new media. Um, I know that you're going to be really uh, excited to see what we have coming up and also that I'm very confident that you're going to see some growth as we continue to do these episodes because this is new to all of us. I mean, I've never done anything in the way of a video podcast before and Corwin, I'm not sure if you've done anything like this either. No, can't say that I have, but hey man, we're uh, we're doing this for fun. We're doing this because we love to talk Star Wars and gaming and so let's just you know make the most out of it and enjoy ourselves, you know? That's exactly what we're going to do. And Corwin's going to do it while he's standing because apparently he's a psycho. Uh, so. No, man, you got to go with the standing desk. It's, it's better for your back. It's, you know, I, I have a desk job. I sit at my computer eight hours a day, so I need a little bit of, ooh, let's shake it out, you know? Yeah, see, I don't have time for all that. But what I do have time for is Star Wars Unlimited. We're going to dive into it in just a little bit. But if you're new to the channel, if you're new to us on YouTube, if you've just plain forgotten about who we are, uh, Corwin and I are two brothers that live out on the West Coast, uh, and we really got into podcasting because of Star Wars games, most specifically Star Wars Destiny. When that game came out, um, it was pretty much everything that we wanted in a game. And and honestly, like <laughs> I think it was me who got you into it, but maybe you'd remember it differently. Yeah, no, I mean, you had heard about the game a lot a long time before I did. And I just remember like, you and sharing your excitement about it and with uh, with me and with producer Pops, who maybe we'll see on here at some point, who knows? But, um, you know, it was uh, it was definitely fun to get looped in and, and roped into it, and things just sort of took off from there. Destiny was a great game. I'm sure we'll, we'll get into it, but... Uh, both of us have some very fond memories from our Destiny experience, so happy to um, to definitely draw on those as we go forward here. Yeah, and, and, and it's weird because I got you into the game. I was the one driving all the way over creation in Los Angeles County to get product for us that Christmas, the first year it came out, because there was a shortage that we don't talk about anymore. Uh, but yet, you were the one to go to the first World Championships. I mean, you went, and none of us, none of the rest of the family did. And it, what was... What was that like going to Worlds and being, uh, you know, being surrounded by so many like-minded individuals playing Star Wars Destiny? Well, obviously, Worlds is a fantastic experience, and so much of our Destiny community who was able to go would be able to that up for me. But I, I have to say, I mean, obviously, yeah, you and, and Pops played an instrumental role in kind of getting me involved and excited about the game, but then what really built on that was the community in the Bay area. Yeah, Cause I was actually not in LA at the time I was living up North and the local community there 
was um, also very upstart about the game, very energized and was very interested in putting events and gatherings and groups together to sort of promote it and play and have fun. And so um, me going to the first worlds was really a product of all of that was, was just that group really taking off and, and kind of putting together this, this really cohesive unit that, um, you know, a lot of us went to worlds that year. And so we, we had a great time and, you know, that, that trip is just so much fun because you get to meet all these people that only hear on the, on the podcast airwaves or chat within discord or, you know, every now and then might find on TTS. So, um, just some, some really, really good, uh, memories of course, from worlds and, and from all of the events that we got to attend for destiny. And I think that's sort of the, the overarching takeaway from destiny was not, yes, it was a great game and yes, we enjoyed it. And yes, we were sad when it left and, and we'll talk about all that, but the, the best part about Destiny that we're continuing to see as this new Star Wars Unlimited game is, is, is coming out and we're learning more about it was the community. I mean, you got to experience it there that first time, uh, and then all of us went to the, the next two consecutive world championships. Uh, those were some great times that we all had together as a family. Um, we got to go to prime championships together. We got to go to uh, regional championships together, whether they were in San Diego or I even took a trip up to the Bay Area to see you and I met some of the community that you were um, getting to experience this with. And I, I think all of us coming together and just enjoying the game and enjoying being a part of the community was really one of the one of the best parts of Destiny. And one, one of the reasons why it was so sad when Destiny went away is because then, you know, we, we had less of an opportunity to interact with all these great people that we had met and talked to over the years. Yeah, agreed. And now, you know, we have a potential platform to do that again. So that's, that's what's making this really exciting for, for me and, um, you know, more, more events to come where there's, there's a lot of folks together who share a common interest. It's, it's going to be great. So definitely looking forward to replicating a lot of those destiny memories. And it is going to be great because, you know, we get to chance to play Star Wars again. I mean, when when Destiny went away, what was your reaction when you saw that that was happening? Because you and I, we weren't as locked into the the FFG sphere as some others that that experienced uh, the LCG going away, that experienced Android Netrunner going away. So, how, how what was your reaction when the game that we had invested a lot of time and, and energy in it it did it did go away, but it was sort of the first real experience of that that you would that you had felt it's a interesting question because i think part of what goes into that action and part of what goes into to my feelings about how destiny concluded was that it was the first like truly the first competitive card game i call it competitive i guess there were competitive sides to it but i was certainly playing it competitively and it was the first time that i really dove into a game like that I think that's true for a lot of people who play destiny and so to see it end was kind of like it's you know it, it was tough um maybe not maybe not in the same way it might have been for a more seasoned gamer but certainly uh it was tough for me because you know it's like you know it's like your first love when when that doesn't work out it's 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 hard it's it's like it, it's, it's definitely something that you have to adjust to and it was such a big part of our lives for those three years that it was a game, and so yeah. I mean, you were you uh, were a prime champion. I was, yeah. I mean, I, I definitely took the game maybe a little bit more seriously than I should have, <laughs> um, but yeah, prime champion, two top thirty-two finishes at Worlds. Like 
was really trying to put my best foot forward for sure. Um, and part of the enjoyment of the game for me was definitely ramping up for those big events and testing and getting a lot of that really like um, strategic competitive gameplay in. Um, so the brain exercise that that represented for me w was definitely missed too. Um, but yeah, just just um, a big void, a big hole that Destiny left for sure. And and then couple that with you know it basically coinciding with the start of the pandemic, and it was just a bad time for everybody. Yeah, I, I, the void is is definitely <laughs> the sort of at the forefront of all of this, right? Because at the time when this is happening, you know, it's right before the pandemic hits. And then, it, of course, it hits and nobody can go out and play games with each other for a while, even if they wanted to, right? Everything's shut down and, and there's a lot of, you know, questions out there and fear and all that. And 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 it, it was it was tough and it was tough to sort of not have that to occupy your mind when that's going on. Because like you said, brain exercise. I mean, I can't tell you how many hours I spent building and rebuilding and rebuilding decks and, and talking to you guys about it and, and conceptualizing and thinking of the future and planning uh, uh, outings and things. And, and, and all of that just vanished, right? So the amount of conversations we had about destiny, it's just, like thinking back on it, it's it's really insane to think how many hours we must have spent on the phone or, or um, at each other's houses, just like talking about the game and thinking about theory crafting, testing, like just all of those hours and that energy that we put in. Yeah, it's it was just a massive massive hole that was left. Yeah, and that's why we get got into podcasting to begin with because we were already doing that. We were already talking about all these things. So right. why not put our thoughts to, you know, share our thoughts with the world? And, and you know, again, that allowed us to meet so many more people when we were in the podcasting sphere. Um, but, man, I got that void, you know. It, it, was, it, was, it was tough because you knew FFG still had the Star Wars license. So there's always that little bit of hope. It's like, okay, they're not making Destiny anymore. That's, that's already happening. But they're going to come out with something new, right? And so, and the, so they didn't. And then they did it some more, and it's like, okay, well, what are you filling that void with? And I don't, I don't know about you, but I bounced from thing to thing. Like, I really did. What, what, what did you do with your hobby time when Destiny left? Well, I can, I can definitely answer that. But what were those things? Like, how, what were you bouncing between? Cause, because, like, it's, it's tough to fill a, a big gap like that, you know? Well, there wasn't any filling it. it. It it never got filled, and that's and that's what's so great about Star Wars Unlimited being here is that now I feel like it's being filled, and I know nothing, almost nothing about the game, right? <laughs> that's a, that's a big statement to say when we have almost no news. <laughs> but but I think that I think that what I was waiting for is a Star Wars card game specifically, right? Because I filled the void. I started I started with just saying, okay, I miss collecting Destiny. I just want to collect cards. So I got into baseball cards. I got into that very heavily. Uh, and then I realized, well, this is not for me. This is not for me because I'm going out and I'm I'm acquiring baseball cards that I like. And then they're sitting there in a drawer and I'm not doing anything with them. I need something to play. I need something to you know actually be tangible with. And so I, I shifted away from that and I got into Pokemon. Now, Pokemon was a slap in the face. And, the, and it, was, it was a cold bucket of water over my head. And the reason it was is because it was almost everything that I would have wanted to see out of Destiny, right? You had the Pokemon company announcing release dates and then hitting them. 
you had product being readily available on any shelf. I could go down the street five minutes to my local card shop and get whatever set I wanted at any time I wanted for a somewhat reasonable price point. They weren't always, but somewhat. Um, and then the, the, the most ideal thing of all about Pokemon was they had an online app that allowed you to play the game fully integrated within the card game. If you bought a pack of Pokemon cards, you got a code for a pack of Pokemon cards in the app. And you could build your decks in the app, you could trade with other players online, and you could literally have the exact same two decks, one physical and one digital. And for those of us who resisted getting into TTS at first and you know had to bounce the ethical questions of TTS off of each other, I mean, that was a game changer. I mean, do you think that Destiny would have gone further or lasted longer if we had that digital component? Because I do. Probably. Um, it definitely would have made it more accessible for folks, I think. Yeah. Um, and that's obviously a big part of it. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. But I think, I think that, um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> obviously, you know, we're, <laughs> Pokemon's, what, a 20-year-old game or something? Or maybe more? Um, so well-established footing there, and I wouldn't expect like the the T's to be crossed and the I's to be dotted with Destiny in the same way. But you know, this is this is something that I'm sure we'll touch on later in the in the cast because of you know th thinking about it in terms of a hope for the future for Unlimited. Um, you know that there will be some sort of organization around those types of things, releases and and availability of product and things like that. Um, but yeah, I mean. I, I I didn't really see myself getting into another card game that heavy after Destiny left. Uh, Surprise! <laughs> I yeah <laughs> yeah. Um, I I mean I went the the solo board gaming route, so that was like popular thing people did in the pandemic was just kind of latch on to these games you could play by yourself at home and jumped into that. I actually really um, got heavy into Arkham Horror, which is another FFG product. LCG format, they seem to have that down. Like the, those those games don't, you know, it's it's not hard to to come by them. It's not hard to find what you need to find to kind of catch up. Um, and also, it's a it's a very well designed game. So I've I've really enjoyed playing that both when multiplayer. Um, it is cooperative though, so not not be there, Kevin. <laughs> yeah but it's uh it's it's a it's a good one and, and there's some others too just just getting into that that world to scratch my gaming itch um but yeah i mean now that unlimited is here it's another star wars card game it's gonna be hard to stay away man like the passion for us is star wars and that's why we're doing this right here we are i mean here we are again right and that's what i realized after playing pokemon for a little bit is like i i don't want to do this anymore i i i care about the original 151 Pokemon that I grew up with as a kid in the 90s. But aside from that, I don't, I don't care about all these other ones. So it's just like I needed, I needed Star Wars to fill that void. And at this point, we're a year and a half, two years, two and a half years past Destiny. And there's no Star Wars card game coming from them who have the license. Now, granted, there's a, there's a bunch of other Star Wars games that have come out in the time that I'm waiting, right? You know, I'm sitting here and I'm hoping to unlock a new Star Wars game, right? I've been in pursuit of a new Star Wars game this whole time. You know, because Destiny left, I had unfinished business 
with Star Wars. <laughs> you know, and then I got to thinking, well, maybe FFG is a little bit villainous, right? And so I'm sitting here and I'm like, wait a minute, we had all this content that went unexplored, including stuff from The Clone Wars, right? So all I wanted, despite all these games coming out, all I wanted was just another card game to be able to play in the form of Star Wars so that I didn't see FFG or Asmodee as my rivals, okay? Oh my gosh. <laughs> How long have you practiced that for? <laughs> uh, just came up with it right now. <laughs> you just conveniently had all the games sitting no, there. No, I had them. I, pl- I planned that out. They were sitting there uh, initially. But but it was That's crazy. Well it was crazy well because we heard nothing. And this game has been in production for three years, and I'm grateful that it's been in production for so long. And it's fine now that we didn't hear anything. But then I was going nuts because you've got the license and you're not doing anything with it. So I'm sitting here. I'm going, okay, they canceled Star Wars Celebration 2020 uh, in Anaheim because of the pandemic. They're bringing it back in 2022. I'm going. There's an FFG panel designed purely to talk about Star Wars games because it's Star Wars Celebration. They can't talk about anything else, right? This is where they're going to announce a new game. I mean, it has to be. And I'm sitting in the panel and they're talking about Legion and they're talking about uh, Armada going away and they're talking about all these other games that they have. So they were talking about Unfinished Business and that's initially where I got the expansion. Is I got it at Celebration. No mention of Destiny. To the point where they took viewer que- the listener questions after, uh, questions from people in the panel, and somebody asked about Destiny and, and what we could expect um, for a potential revival of it. And... It was a very much like a like a, a reception of we're not talking about that anymore, and I remember talking to you after and going, I mean, how how much longer do we have to wait here? I mean, it, it just it the wait just continued. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you were definitely more intense about trying to find information and figuring out if there was going to be another game than I was. Um, and yeah, for everybody who's listening and watching, like. Kevin's been on this for for months. Like he he has been just scouring every piece of possible uh, outlet, news outlet, and media outlet for part of information. So this is like a dream come true for him. For it's sure. a it's a dream come true, especially because we had all that time to wait, and then finally, FFG hits us with a new Star Wars game, and I I see the notification on my social media, and I go, and I'm so ready to just be excited again. And to just have all of my dreams come true. And what do I see? The Star Wars deck building game. Which, granted, we've played. This is actually a really good game. I enjoy it. Uh, it's a little bit... It is good. It it's is a good. little bit um, uh, skewed towards some of the different mechanics in the game. Um, but the cards are beautiful. The It's quick. It's easy to pick up. Um, it's very swingy, so you never know what's really going to happen. Hey, apparently Unlimited could be pretty quick, too. They're talking about seven-minute games. Right, right, exactly. I, I, I hope they're not seven minutes. I hope they're a little bit longer than that. But that does seem like an outlier more than the than the rule. But it's just not It's not a competitive card game. And it's not uh, something that, you know, is collectible and is is uh, customizable. You can't build your deck. You Yes, it's a deck-building game, but you're not building your... You're not making it your own. So finally... Finally, Star Wars Unlimited comes out. And, and I got to tell you, I, I have been thinking of almost nothing else ever since. Because it, it checks all the boxes. I mean, 
they have done what they have done is with such a little bit of amount of information has really gotten the community so excited about this game i mean just look at this artwork also great transition by the way i love our new layout this is tremendous <laughs> i'm really enjoying yes. i'm really enjoying everything that that we can achieve now with uh, with the youtube format but look at this artwork i mean they are giving us a game with a whole new slate of artwork never before seen in any star wars game they're giving us a brand new game that is collectible. I mean, there's so much to talk about. When you found out about Unlimited, what was your initial reaction? Aside from excited because, duh. Well, yeah, I mean, it was much the same way that I found out about Destiny. Like, I wouldn't have known the game existed unless I had a text review sitting in my inbox. So, yeah, um, definitely was it was excited to, to see the article. And um, it just, yeah, it, it definitely some nostalgia back and uh, made me start to think oh be it like here we go again type of thing um and and that's of course in a good way because as we said before like the, the memories and experiences we had from destiny if we can carry that over into a new game with the same ip i'm in let's do it yeah. so super stoked to see that that released and and then you know, been watching the watch the the stream that they had with with the designers, and um, you know, been keeping up on a couple of the other releases, and just yeah, the more we get, the more we want. Yeah, let's talk about that stream too, because I mean, I think it, it goes without saying that we're excited about this game, but I, I I'm I'm honestly excited about it, not just because it's a Star Wars game, although that's a major part of it, um, but be, because of what they talked about within that stream. First of all, collectability, right? I mean, something that again. I experienced in Pokemon and, and, you know, other gamers have been experiencing for a long time in other card games like Magic, right, is is the idea of alternate treatments, right? Every card is accessible at its base level within the game, but then you have alternate frames, foil cards, alternate art treatments. Like, these are things that collectors can chase, and I know I'm going to chase, um, and, and that's really exciting to have in a Star Wars format when we didn't have that in Destiny. I mean, in Destiny, if you remember, the most expensive cards were legendaries, but they were still just regular cards. I mean, an ancient lightsaber out of pack A was an ancient lightsaber out of pack Z. Nothing was different about them. Do, do you take any stock as someone who doesn't really get into all that collecting um, stuff? Do you take any stock in the collectability beyond my excitement? <laughs> No, I, I think it's fantastic for the game for sure. Like, and you know, is is a way for uh, for them to, to differentiate a little bit. But yeah, I, I think it's it's going to to be really good for those folks who do do want to actually go out and collect. Because you know, for some people, like this this is a, a collectible card game, right? But maybe there are some people who don't even necessarily want to play that badly. They just want to collect all the cards because they're cool and. And then they want to have, you know, the the special art ones and the foils and all of that. So uh, I, I think it's great that that exists. It's not going to be something that I'm personally chasing, as you know, but it's definitely something that will add to the game's appeal and will generate additional levels of excitement when you open a booster pack and lo and behold, there's a, a foil R2-D2 or something, you know? It's 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 going to be pretty cool to, to have those experiences to go along with. Like, it, it just adds more mystery to, to some of the pack openings and things you'll do. I'm, only you would be excited about a foil R2-D2, but that's okay. It's I understand. Yes! <laughs> it's R2, man. He's, he's the best. He is the best. But I think more than that, and, and others have said this, so this isn't a new concept, 
But I think it's going to do wonders for being able to sell the game. I mean, I, I what Destiny struggled with, as we remember, is you got your playset and then you were done. There was nothing else to collect. There was no other reason to draft. So you just sat, the, you know, packs just sat there on the shelves because everybody had everything they wanted. And if they could, they didn't get it, they could get it on the secondary market for much cheaper than buying a booster box and hoping one of your six legendaries was the one you wanted. Um, and this now with the alternate treatments is a way to, to not guarantee, but to um, sort of rationalize buying more product because it's, and, and you know, that's, that's a horrible thing for me to say as someone who does not need to rationalize spending money on product. <laughs> Um, but, but it's, it's, it's like, okay, well, you know, I have a lot of these good cards, but what I'm really chasing is this alternate art Vader or this, uh, foil treatment of, uh, Leia, or I want to have all the different variations of Luke so I can display them in one. Right. And so now you can go and you can chase those things and you don't have to just chase those things by buying boxes. You can chase them in limited formats like sealed in draft because as they mentioned in the live stream right sealed and draft are at the forefront of how they design the game which is something that we didn't see in destiny and that honestly makes it really exciting because it increases not only the replayability but it increases the engagement within the community as well yeah definitely and i think some of those events those pre-release events and things that they were talking about are are the things that i'm most excited for um you know spoiler for later discussion in the show but i i think those local those more local events are going to be super key i can't wait for a pre-release oh my god i Uh, i I will do anything i can to to make it to a pre-release as many pre-releases as i possibly can that's so exciting to me as a player and and speaking to the collectability part of it too if you have cards that you can only acquire through those types of events then that that's going to provide even more incentive for folks to show up to their their stores support their local game stores and, and play the game so um I, I think it's a good model if, if that's what they intend to do um anything that promotes people going into the store is great by me i, I really want to see that kind of take off with this game yeah and and building the community you know and just saying hey here's here's like just buy into a couple packs and you can play a game just like that i mean it just sounds so simple on paper um and the fact that they're structuring the game that way right off the rip is tremendous and then let's hope obviously that everything goes smoothly with that and and you know well that remains to be seen but um the other thing they were talking about you know they said going hand in hand with the game design is how it fits into into limited play into sealed and draft but also hand in hand with the game design is how they're structuring op and so we have this op structure that is two-pronged right you've got your casual quote-unquote and your you know competitive quote-unquote and i don't really know that i love the labels per se like i just want to play like i don't i don't necessarily want to say limit myself to oh i just want to be you know, in this casual format with just going to stores and do, I want to, I mean, I want to do all of it. And I think, I think that, that all of it should matter in some way. Um, because another thing that they mentioned with the competitive environment is they're going to be giving out tournament points. I mean, <laughs> I never would have made Star Wars Destiny Worlds through invite only. Uh, so I'm a little scared about that, but uh, because uh, tournament points are one way to, to, uh, 
to make it so that it's a little bit more difficult to get into the what is called, I guess, the Galactic Championship. But this is really that hard to come by, though. I I think that um, if I had to guess, there's probably some threshold number that you'll have to reach, and then you'll you'll get invited, and that number can be reached by you know winning a handful of events, or it could be reached by just playing in a crap ton, <laughs> you know, um, and essentially getting a lot of credit for that. So, um, you know, I, I, I don't know how this has worked in other games, but it seems to me like given how much, how successful the worlds that we did have for Destiny were and how, how positive things were to folks being able to go and, and, and be with, with each other and with the community, it it would thought that they would you know put a pretty high on being able to attend this galactic championship just because you know they I'm, at, at some level you would hope they want to they want to foster community in a way that's going to allow you know more people to attend rather than less yeah i definitely hope so and and you know i i hope that they don't make it too difficult to acquire tournament points um, to the point where it pushes out people that really want to attend. Um, but I, I don't have that concern yet because right now I have almost no concerns um, with the game because it's still <laughs> it's still very fresh, it's still very new, we still know almost nothing about it, and I'm still sort of in the honeymoon phase because it's, it's we finally got a new Star Wars game. Um, so at the end of the day, you know, the fact that they're considering these things from day one, from before day one, because day one isn't even here yet, is comforting um it's definitely uh, inspiring hope and and i do i do think that they're saying all the right things and we just have to wait and see what more is in store uh when this product begins to you know um spool up to the release cycle as we uh, as we get closer can you imagine what it would be like to have weekly star wars unlimited or even bi-weekly like, I don't even know what that yes. looks like. Yes. We I, never had that. No. And I, I can't imagine it, and I want it. And I I, I want uh, to do it, and I, it, it's going to be tough because I, I work I work late, so I don't know what, how I'm going to have to shift my schedule around to make sure I can make it to as many Star Wars Unlimited events as I possibly can. But I, I want to be playing so much more than I was able to with Destiny. Because and people have said this as well, but you know, even if this is a, a game that doesn't, you know, make it for the rest of our lifetimes, like like a Magic: The Gathering, like I, obviously I hope it does, but even if it's something that only lasts two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve years, you know, the the time, the years that we had in Destiny together, were such great memories and and such great you know time with the community that I would do it all over again, and this is the chance to do it all over again. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do everything I can to get the most out of it by playing more and by engaging in the community more. And I know you feel the same way. Yeah, I mean let's let's get back in the stores. You know that that's how I feel about it. It's Absolutely. Like, we we gotta get back to you know in person time, socializing, gaming, enjoying a product and an IP that we all love. And and so if this is the if this is a catalyst that drives that, I'm all for it. And totally. so. Really hoping that you know the, the the support will be there at the local level for this this game to really take off. Agreed. And speaking of the product, we'll talk a little bit about the cards that we've seen so far. Now, I want to preface this by saying that we're not going to talk about all the cards because there's already been a lot of great content from a lot of great creators 
uh, some of whom that we're very familiar with, that is out there that are, that are going to be able to tell you, you know, everything that every card does. A lot of you have already seen all of these. I just want to talk about a few specific concepts here um, because what we've seen so far is very little. And what we know about the game is very little. And I know some people know a little bit more the, about the game than others. We're not going to get into all that. We only deal with the official Star Wars Unlimited content on this channel. Um, so I, I just want to get into some concepts here, uh, starting with our, our pal Luke, who is a faithful friend. Um, and he appears to be a friend of, of the inception of Star Wars games because... You know, we saw we saw Vader and Luke uh, at the forefront of Awakenings and Star Wars Destiny. Um, you know, Luke is one of the centerpieces of the entire Star Wars story, uh, and here he is again, doing what we often see Luke doing, and that is granting shields to the rest of your squad. Now, this is something that we've seen a lot, right? In, in Destiny, Luke and shields. Was a, was a combo, was a match made in heaven, uh, except for the fact that shields were not as good, um, especially at the inception of that game, as, as I, I guess they would like them to be. So we don't know what shields do yet. So what do you think shields would have to do to make this Luke more exciting to play than, than sort of what a, a Destiny Luke would look like? It's hard to say because, you know, mechanically we don't really know how the game works yet. Uh, but, you know, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, right? Like the, the the original Luke in Awakening set of Destiny was activate, get a shield. And here we are, same exact thing, basically. Um, you know, I, I, I love shields. I, that was one of my favorite play Destiny. So I will uh, certainly be excited to see what they do in Unlimited. Uh, hopefully, yeah, a little bit, a little bit beefier ability. I'm hoping than um, than what we saw in in Destiny, and uh, just any any mechanic that allows you to to absorb damage, especially when it seems like there's going to be a fair amount of combat. Like combat's going to be pretty central to the game. Hopefully, that makes shields pretty important as far as you know keeping cards on the table. I think the the damage output is going to be very uh, crucial to whether or not Luke is good, right? If you have, you know, uh, if you have a lot of units aside from your leaders that are swinging for one, two, three at a time, I think shield tokens are, if they work the way we all think they do and that it's just block one damage, um, are going to be fairly useful. Um, because if you're only taking one action at a time, you're not necessarily swinging for big amounts at the same time. Now, if we start to see, you know, a lot of units that have stronger attack levels, like Vader, right, uh, where he, you know, can put out five, as we see here, as we see Vader's absolutely gorgeous card, um, you know, and we see a lot of those sort of trickling in. I think, I think the the damage output will dictate how effective shields are. So once we see more units, I think we'll get a better sense of how Luke fits in. Uh, because what I think they want to do with these two starter characters that we're seeing, Luke and Vader, is they want to make them feel balanced. I don't think necessarily that the starters have always felt super balanced within you know some of the the Destiny ones that we saw previously. 
Um, I, I think they always sort of skewed one way or another. Um, and I do think they would they would want to make Vader and Luke as balanced as you can be for an experience that feels, you know, welcoming and 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 sort of crisp to everyone. Um, so how do you think sort of Vader just again on on complete speculation on paper? How do you think this Vader stacks up against this Luke? Well, um, you play the card this phase, deal one damage to a unit and one damage to a base. I mean, that's that's not bad. You know, anytime you can generate, you know, free damage on a on a card ability like that seems pretty good. So, um, you know, two damage versus one shield. Not sure how again how the um, how that's going to stack up, but you're just looking at these cards like in a vacuum maybe that suggests that shields will be a little bit more powerful because if they are trying to balance it and make the abilities equal um you know the shields might uh might mean a little bit something more who knows honestly but um but yeah i i think it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting too to watch because like vader and luke both have different that you need in order to flip them so that's going to be something to keep an eye on too in terms of balance um, and may also suggest you know stronger abilities for a higher resource threshold so yeah um, them being the starter leaders they'll want to keep them pretty equal so that that maybe tells us something about what the damage and shield ratios will be and um or those resource thresholds too, and like how those are going to kind of match the game. Yeah, and and it, it's it's worth noting that that I don't know how you feel, but I, I definitely am more excited to play Vader, and, and I think that he's probably the stronger one in a vacuum, but I don't know if you feel differently and you think that, that you're more excited to play Luke, maybe just because he's, he's a hero, and maybe just because you know that if we sit down across from each other in a starter deck matchup, there's no way you're playing Vader, so maybe that, maybe that helps. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that, that there isn't. Um, it's always going to be you playing the villain, but um, I will say this: like the cards that we're seeing now, as limited as they are, it's just it's just adding to chorus of of what's coming uh, and the allure of what's coming because. We can talk about all of these different mechanics and abilities and things all we want, but at the end of the day, it's like how are, how are these all going to fit together into you know a, a more cohesive deck that uses the rest of the cards in the pool, and um, is there room for creativity with these leaders? And so um, I think you know we can definitely only see it there, and um, I, I just what better way to start start a game a set with Vader and Luke you know the classic the cl- it's a classic and and the interesting thing about what you said there about sort of being flexible and, and and being creative around these leaders is that you know we have to keep this in mind that these are starter leaders right these are these are leaders that you find in a starter deck they're going to be accessible to everyone so a that's a good thing because everybody wants to be able to have access to Luke and Vader I mean when when Awakenings came out it was Kylo and Rey right and you had to pull Vader and you had to pull Luke those were legendaries now it's Luke and Vader. They're sort of the 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 main protagonists and antagonists in all of Star Wars, especially in this era that we're dealing with here. Um, but uh, aside from that, 
there's another side to that, and that's these are starter leaders. And what I mean by that is like, how far are starter characters going to going to go in the meta? Which it's weird to talk about meta right now, but I mean, as someone who played R two P two, right in Star Wars Destiny, for those of you who don't know who R two P two was, it was Poe and Ray from the uh, two player start. Poe the Poe the goat from the two player starter. Um, that came out sort of in the middle of, of, of Destiny. And you played starter characters to, to great effect. And, and so what does it take to build around these characters that everyone has and make it, make it unique and make it stronger than maybe it would have been, uh, you know, just out of the box? Well, that, that two-player set had a lot of... of busted stuff in it so <laughs> i don't know how how valid the the comparison is there and plus we had three sets already by the time that starter came out i think it's different when you're talking about like a general release because like the the kylo and ray starters like they, those characters weren't really all that hot you know um you could definitely do some things with them you and, could do some things with i guess ray, certainly i guess ray yeah ray with her um her special ability ended up being uh a pretty popular character but um, but yeah i mean you just you kind of need more support around that i think i think it's going to be interesting because it seems like this first set based on what they were saying in the stream is going to be pretty big like 250 some cards or something yeah so if that's true then hopefully there will be a lot of options to use in order to make the vader and luke starter leaders Powerful and as, and as as best as they can they can be, um, but typically, I you know, you're probably going to find the, the the better cards buried elsewhere in the set, and so I'm not sure that I'm ready to stake my claim on either of these two. But, uh, I will certainly be interested to see how they play, get the broader card pool. Well, it's interesting you say that because we have another leader that's that was just recently given to us by the folks at Unlimited FFG, and I'm curious to your thoughts of how this leader compares to the starters in Vader and Luke. And that, of course, is Leia Organa Alliance General. Now, Ooh, she's green. She's green. And this is, what I find interesting most about this is that this is, if if the little C at the bottom of the, uh, at the bottom of the card uh, is means what I think it means, this is a common. So this is a common leader, and we're seeing already an ability that I th- would say is is well on par with any of the abilities that we've seen from Luke and Vader, which is to exhaust as an action, you attack with a rebel unit, then you may attack with another rebel unit. And if we flip to the uh, to the unit side of Leia, you again see this sort of econ- economy coming into play. Uh, Leia is a five cost, quote unquote cost, because it's more of a, an epic action um, play there. For a 3-6 that has raid 1, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, but again, when this unit completes an attack, you may attack with another rebel unit. So in a game, just like Destiny, where it's I take an action, you take an action. They've already said that they're leaning back into this sort of thought process. Now you have Leia, who is allowing you to advance that narrative with an extra attack every time she takes an action or completes an attack. I mean, out of the box here... Is this potentially common leader better than what we're seeing in the starter leaders? Maybe. I mean, the it seems like in an action, 
you know, one action, one action, one action, one action kind of format, the ability to basically take two actions in one is pretty good. Uh, the action economy seems to kind of line up there. So I really like to see that. And then her ability on the other side kind of says the same thing too, right? Because I think when she attacks, she also allows for her unit to attack. So in both situations, whether she's flipped or not, she's promoting that, that action economy. So that could be pretty strong. Uh, but again, just without the support of the rest of the set, it's hard to know exactly where that's going to fit in. Yeah, and what interests me also about this card is the raid ability, right? And, and it makes me, the reason it interests me is raid one means that the unit gets plus one, plus zero while attacking. So if all you could do with your units was attack, then they would have just printed Leia as a 4-6. The fact that they have this raid one ability makes me think that there are other things that you can do with your units and whether that's, I, I don't know, resource generation or uh, some way to, to exhaust them to do other things. I have, I'm not sure. Maybe they can defend your base. I don't know. But if if all you could do with your units was attack, again, like this would just be a 4-6 uh, card. So I would assume there's some form of defense there, which is why it's it's not, you know, just, you know, a, a plus one, plus one. It's plus one, plus zero. You know, you don't want to give the benefit on defense as well, um, but I, I, we won't know until we until we learn more, until we hear more. Regardless, this Leia is very intriguing and is is our first uh, our first sort of multiple, right? We had a we had a Leia card that was in the starters as just a unit, and now we have a leader Leia. What does that mean for Vader? What does that mean for Luke? What does that mean for some of these other cards that we expect to see? So that's very. And what do the colors well. mean? Because yeah. we have what yellow red and green now so what are those what do those colors mean too i think that's that's going to be interesting to watch what do you think of the art on these cards kevin i mean personally it's this redesigned reimagined art to me is really really nailing it like i i I feel i feel really good about the art what do you think i feel great about the art i mean i think it's very unique i think it's awesome that we're not going to see the same recycled images uh, from all the other FFG Star Wars games. Not that they were bad. The artists that did those were incredible. Um, I know there are a lot of my favorite pieces that were done um, from the FFG artists and, and some of those that are in several games, like some Vaders and some things like that. But the fact that we have an art style that we can sort of just call all unlimited zone is really tremendous for me, and that's something that I'm really excited about. And that is a great segue into something that came out the, the day that we recorded this, and that's some new artwork. And what we got to see was Harrison Dula and Sabine. Now this is really cool because, you know, before uh, in in you know there was some speculation about what would be included in sort of the original trilogy era. You know what you know how far would they go? They've said that they're going to draw from a lot of different sources, and we we sort of have confirmation here because we're seeing Rebels and not something from A New Hope. And honestly, this is tremendous artwork, and this this opens up so many more possibilities uh, for, for, to include things from Star Wars Ribbles, which now you've finally seen. Like, you've seen this now. This is great. I've started to, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I have watched most of the first season of Rebels, still working my way through that show. But, um, but yes, uh, I, I'm familiar with this scene because it is pretty early on. Um, and, uh, and, yeah, I think... 
it'll be interesting to see if we get this kind of 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 content as far as you know dipping into the rebels old at or if that's coming later because we if they already know what the first sets are going to be named then they probably know what cards are going to be going in those or what periods in the star wars universe will align with those different sets so it could be that they're just showing off something that will be coming later down the line but still um one of the most exciting aspects of this right kevin is that we're going to be getting words and imagery and artwork and abilities that are drawing from all all time periods you know all chronology of this this universe so for it to be all inclusive like that is is making it so much more appealing for me. It really is, and 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 it's exciting to to see you know what comes next, and we're we're getting this nice steady trickle of art and information and art and information, and that's another great thing about how they're sort of handling this extended release as we wait for twenty twenty four. And there's a lot to wait for, uh, and there's a lot to learn about this game. But but I'm curious as to your wish list for this game as we sort of wrap up here because. You know, we've, we've seen some of the lessons that we hope that they've learned with other games, and we we know sort of what we're looking for in a Star Wars game now that we've played one so heavily and invested so much time and energy into uh, the previous iterations of Star Wars at FFG. So what what's at the top of your wish list for Star Wars Unlimited? Yeah, I think it's been a recurring theme throughout this cast, Kevin, but for me it's really support at the local level. That's number one. Um, the more we can drive traffic into the stores and get people playing in person again, the better. And so uh, a big thing for me on my wish list would be for there to be support, there to be organization, there to be really good incentive and price structure and and um, very unique sort of ways, things that you can obtain uh, from something like a pre-release event that you couldn't get anywhere else, something like a draft or a sealed or or you know some other limited events like these these are the ways that i think people will want to come in and play destiny or play uh, unlimited let's see look at me i'm I'm still in destiny mode uh (laughs) but yeah that's that's the big that's the big number one yeah yeah let's get people back in the store and let's let's really promote um you know playing these games in at your friendly local game store um and of course at home too and I, I know you're gonna you're gonna say you you're looking forward to a, an electronic version, and I think that's gonna also help for accessibility. But I'm, I'm not predictable. I really, yeah, <laughs> I really want to see that that in-store experience be much, much, much more heavily expanded upon than it was with Destiny. Yeah, and I and and yeah, to your point, I would love and and a digital version of this game. I think it would be awesome. But I, I am looking forward to playing in person again um, as much as I can. The digital version was so helpful because. For someone with odd hours like me, it was it did make the the, the game more readily accessible, um, which is why I'm so I'm so much more invested in that than some other things. But you know, in, in terms of in person engagement, in terms of you know local engagement, I mean, I think I think they get people in through supporting the stores and through you know having the pre releases and having a set structure of events like you said. But I think a lot of that also comes from the product itself. Is it available at release? Is it available when it said it's going to be available? Is there enough of it available? Are they going to have ridiculous allocations like we've seen in some other games? Like that's a surefire way to to, to lose people if they can't get product and it's a, and it's a, a struggle. Not everybody's going to go driving all over the county like me looking for product. Not everybody has the time or the energy to do that. 
So is the product available? And since now we're, we're, we're moving into the collector space with the way that this game is designed, uh, I want to, I want to know sort of what you get in a, in a booster box, right? I, I would love to know sort of the, the on averages or whatever the case may be, because when, you know, when you had destiny, it was on average, you get six legendaries, you know, is in some other games, you know, on average, you're getting one secret rare, rare or one special rare or one, you know, X in a box or two of X or three of X or whatever. So I'd like to see sort of what the on average guarantees are, if there are any, I hope there are, um, so that you sort of know the, the reason why you're buying a booster box instead of, you know, going out and buying a little bit of here, a little bit there, um, to sort of drive the investment for the collectors, um, as well as, you know, being able to acquire product for the, the people that aren't as interested in collecting. Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, got to stock the shelves, right? I'm sure that that demand for this game will be significant at the beginning. And so those first will tell us a lot, I think, about yeah. where FFG's head is at and how it intends to support the game. Yeah. And, and, and if anybody at FFG is listening, one, please excuse sort of the informality that we're presenting this with, but two, understand that there is going to be a high demand for this game. I know some people are saying, well, you know, there might be some difficulty getting people away from Lorcana or getting people away from Pokemon or getting people away from Magic. No, this is Star Wars. There's going to be high demand. There are going to be people like me who want to buy cases of this, right? <laughs> so, and I'm not saying I'm going to buy a case because I don't know the price point and I'm not rich, but I'm going to want to buy a case. And I know a lot of other people are going to feel the same way. So please, 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 Understand that there are going to be a lot of people who want to get their hands on this and please print accordingly because the the quickest way to get people to go away from your game is to not have product available. And I think if there is a surplus of product, now that it is collectible, you're going to have a way to sell it and you're going to have a way to sell it quickly, especially at the beginning when people are racing to get all the best stuff early and be the first to have it. So please, please, please keep that in mind. This game is going to be awesome. It's going to be hyped. It's going to be something that is well sought out, sought after and i'm just i'm just so excited to learn more about it and so excited to keep talking about it with you on this podcast we did it this is this is sort of the conclusion of episode one ish i mean we put out 56 episodes of our audio podcast this is now episode one of our video podcast and how aside, many we did 56 that's yeah, impressive we did a lot and aside from some technical difficulties we were able to get through this one um I'm I'm excited to be back in this in this sphere with you. Excited to learn together about this game and to inter interact with the community as we're going. Do you have any final thoughts before we wrap up for the day? I I share your excitement. I mean, it's 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 a it's a great time to to kind of get going with this again. You know, um, it, it's the layoff has been long for sure, and you know, if if it is a game that can stand the test of even a couple of years like you said before it's going to be worth it you know like just to to get back into into that setting again with folks um playing a game for an ip we all love it is uh it's going to be pretty special so um this is the first of hopefully many for us and and um and, you know looking forward to to more chats ahead more information and news and keep we'll keep on rolling on as they say we will definitely keep on doing that but thank you guys so much for listening thanks to everyone for tuning in uh, again this is a new channel this is a new video podcast 
Uh, we will be doing our best to put out audio podcasts as well, but that process it takes a little bit longer. So please bear with us on that. If you have any thoughts or comments or concerns about the podcast, please feel free to share them in the comments below. And if you're new or if you're a, a returning listener, don't forget to like the video, subscribe to the channel. That helps us out a lot. Again, please feel free to leave a comment. Uh, we are going to be here. You can engage with us on Twitter at RollOnSWD. For my brother Corwin, I am Kevin signing off. Have a great week, everyone.